I encourage that so you come here for a short-term mission, but uh, your mission field is back home. And so they encourage the local people there, the local Haitian men and women, to become village champions where they are, to make a difference in their community and their country. And uh, that's what we can do here. It's wonderful to go on a short-term mission, but that's what it is. It's a short-term mission, but we have a life mission right here. And if we go there and we have an experience and the encouragement they gave, take what you've experienced here and take it back home and continue it by reaching out into your community. Because if you'll come help us with the backpack giveaway and volunteer for that, you'll find out you don't have to go to Haiti to find needy people. We have, a, we have a county that's filled with needy people. We give scholarships away to the Lord's Gym to a homeless high school student so they have a place to come and take a shower and to be accepted. And uh, we don't think about that, but we have homeless children and uh, we have homeless families and we have needs and we have impoverished people right here in our own community. Amen? And uh, just by partnering together. And the cool thing is, is that when you go there, uh, one thing I shared with the team while we were there one morning is that if you look around, it is amazing that while we were there, we had interns who worked with us, but they were there for the summer for two and three month intern programs, but they're giving their time and, and every year it's a different group of interns and there's a different ministry coming in here and a different church coming from here, but they're all partnering together and it's when individuals come together for the cor corporate purpose of doing good to help others, it's amazing the impact we can have. And so when we learn to come together, and that's what the local church does. It brings us all together from all of our different walks of life. And then we come together around a united vision. The impact we have is greater when we come together than when we isolate on our own. And so many times people, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to do this and I'm going to start this and I'm going to do that. You can, but you won't be effective unless somebody joins with you. And so there, there's power in that corporate unity. And that's why Jesus said, I will build my church. And the church is called the body of Christ. We come together with one purpose. We can have dynamic impact. Amen. So thank you for being a part of that. Praise the Lord and for helping so much in sowing. Amen. Open your Bibles, if you would, this morning <clears throat> to Galatians chapter 5. You were there in chapter 6. But in asking the Lord... Uh, what to share for today, and I didn't want to just do, we've done in the past, and I, I could have showed a bunch of videos, but we've all seen the clip, we've all heard the quotes, and doing all that, but then I started looking at where we are today, and I believe as a nation, we're at a, at a pivotal point uh, in the history of our nation. Today, or tomorrow, we'll celebrate 240 years, and if you study history, you'll find 200 years is a long time for a nation to exist. 200 years without dramatic transition and uh, there, there's been the underlying current in America for years and if you go back and read anything about the communist manifesto you read anything uh, concerning the liberal agendas and things that are out there you find there's been an underlying current if you look at the social transitions in our nation today you'll see there's been an underlying current and an agenda working to get us where we are today for decades, not for a few years, but for decades, a long-term commitment to a transformational change to the fabric of America. And the way that change comes is that it, it's brought about under the guise of acceptance and freedom for all, but it's continually stripping away our freedoms and, that, and the foundational core of 
who we are as a nation. And then if that's happening in our nation, and this is what we have to understand, because we live in the world. How many know the Bible says we are in the world, but we are not of the world? And so when you live in the world, it's hard not to be influenced by the world. And every generation that is raised up gets influenced by the culture that they live in. And when you come to Christ, it, we, we go through this, this transformation of renewing our minds. It means that <clears throat> we have to get our minds cleared from the cultural infact, impact that the, and influence that comes to us, which is why Paul said in Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world. And we talk, the word term there for the world doesn't just mean the terra firma or just the natural world, but it means the mindset. Don't let your mind be conformed to the way the world thinks, but let it be transformed, but be transformed by renewing your mind according to the life and the principles of the Word of God. Amen? Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1 just simply says this, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which Christ, by which Christ has made us free. Stand fast. Everybody say, stand fast. And, and that's really what... Uh, we have to do. You have to learn how to stand fast. You're constantly going to be pulled away from your stand. There's always somebody who wants you to compromise. There's always wants you somebody, you know, just to give in a little bit. Somebody wants to be a part of something that's really not that bad. And uh, in dealing with that, in fact, I'll uh, uh, in. Uh, after praying with the, the voodoo gentleman there at Haiti and confronting him, uh, the voodoo chief, one of the interns there pulled me aside, and, and who was uh, our, our team intern with Mission of Hope, and he goes, Pastor, I just need to talk to you. We, we really, uh, he, he's really not that bad of a guy. He's really a nice guy. And uh, I said, he's a voodoo chief. And, and and, and, and he goes, well, you know, we probably, we, we try not to be quite, not quite that confrontational. And I said, so let me get this straight. So he like does good voodoo. It's not bad. There's like some good. So he's like only playing like good, good incantations. And he's only doing good readings. Right? I mean, he's only, you know, so, so it's just good demonic stuff. Go, well, no, not really. I said, well, then it's either the truth or it is a lie. And see what happens. He's a young man, but he's been so conditioned that you don't confront the lie. You don't challenge. You know, if you try to find and you just accept it and you break, which is why this guy, this guy goes to the church, sits in the church. And then after being in church and being accepted there, he goes back to his house and, and makes money off the people by practicing voodoo for them. And that for me just, you know, causes me to rise up and do it. But see, people, then, oh, gee, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. And so I asked the pastor after. I said, pastor, was I too strong with him? said, no, that was good. I asked both our interpreters. I said, uh, I said, Wilkins, I love Wilkins. I, I said, Wilkins, what, was that too strong? He says, no, I like the way you talk. But see, they've been lived that, and, and Ashmed, who was raised up that way and was delivered out of a Bhutu uh, culture when he got saved, he says, no, that's exactly. He says, and I was translating what you said so in, 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 into uh, uh, what I know about our culture so that he would fully understand it. So there's a place where we have to stand fast. Amen? We just have to learn to do that. Look at the cover of your outline. And this is what I want you to, to, to hear this morning. Just talk for a few moments about standing for freedom. The question is, who we are. Who we are. And by that I mean, what does it mean to say, I am a Christian? What's it really mean? Are you a Christian? When you ask somebody that, well, what do they declare? Yes, I am a Christian. What does it mean to say that, I am a Christian? What does it mean to say, I'm an American? 
And say, how many know that Christianity and being an American is more than a title? There, there's something that comes with that. And, and we have to accept that there's some responsibility and some accountability to that. So depending upon who you talk to and who is asking the question, there can be a variety of responses. But if you go back to the beginning and to the original intent, last year I preached a whole series on original intent. And you go back to the meaning and the purpose defined by our Lord Jesus Christ and the founders of our nation, you will come up with only one truth. If you go to your Bible, there's one definition for being a Christian. If you go and you look at the Declaration of Independence and, and the foundation of our nation, what our, what our founders declared this nation would be, there's only one definition of what it means to be an American. Are you with me? And so in that, it's important to see there are three key factors which define everything and everyone in life. And a few years ago, I taught on this, and, and the Lord just uh, uh, spoke to me again to say this. John Muncy was posting some different things and came up, and, and this is the key that comes up everywhere. It's called identity, value, and direction. Identity, value, and direction. Those define everything in your life. If you can alter them from their original intent, then you can change anything and anyone, even a nation and a church. If you can alter the identity of what it means to be a Christian, if you can alter the definition of that, the identity, the defining factors of what it means to be a Christian, if you can alter the identity, the defining factors of what it means to be an American, then the next thing that follows is you can redefine their values. You redefine the value of Christianity. And we're seeing it happen today. We're seeing churches separate over social issues and people taking a stand. And what was never thought of before in the church or even in America, we're seeing a cultural change. Listen, my friend, and I'm not just trying to be on a, on a, on a bandwagon or talk about this, but when we're seeing things like, like, like bathroom gender identity and these type of things happen in our society, come on, the, 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 our identity and our values are being redefined define. And so unless we take a stand, this is Independence Weekend. And it's people who looked at, at what was being imposed upon them and they stood up and said, no, we, 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 have a, we, we see a different identity and we have a different set of values. We don't want this imposed upon us. And so they broke out of it. And when Christ came, he saw that we were under the tyranny of the devil and the God of this world. And he came to give us a new identity in Christ and to give us the new values of the Father for our life and to set us on his proper direction for our lives. Amen? And so, but if, if we don't take our stand on this, then everything changes. So if you can alter them from their original intent, then you can change anything and anyone, even a nation and the church. Look inside your outline. Why? Because, every, because your identity will always shape your values. You look at people and you look at your, their value system and I'll tell you who they're identifying identifying with. The world always wants you to identify with it. You either identify with the world or you identify with God. And if you identify with the world, then your values are shaped with what you identify with. And you'll get offended if anybody attacks your values or attacks your identity. Amen. And then once you have your identity set and your values set, then I can see what direction you're going to go in your life. It, it's a no-brainer, because identity and values always determine the direction that you take. Which is why when the devil came into the garden, the first thing he did is he challenged their identity, he reshaped their values, and he altered their direction. 
with just a simple challenge. Of the, oh, has God said? Has God said truly? And he challenged the word of God. And that's the same thing that comes to you and I. As the word of God gets you. Oh, you're, you're so strict. You're, you're, you're so religious. You're so conservative. Just the, real, the word of God doesn't really mean that. And immediately your identity gets challenged for what you're standing on. And then your values are altered. And then you change your direction on what you're doing in life. Because your identity always shapes your values. And together they will always determine the direction you take in life. So what does it mean to be a Christian? I believe this is what the Word of God declares. To be a Christian is more than being a believer. Many people say, well, I'm a believer. I'm glad you're a believer. But the Bible says the devil believes. The voodoo chief declared that he believed. He was a believer. He said, I'm a believer. I believe. He said, I literally believe. He said, I believe God is all-powerful and voodoo is nothing. But I practice voodoo and I sell the lie because I make money from it. So he is a believer, but he wasn't a Christian. Are you with me? Because to be a Christian is to be a follower of Christ. It is to be a disciple of all that he taught to be one who lives by his commands and one who loves and gives his life for others. That's a Christian. It's one who is truly first a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the word Christian was applied to those who were living in a way that they exemplified the character and the nature of Christ. And so they were Christ-like ones. Are you with me? In the book of Acts, it said the Christians were called, the, the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch because they were so exemplifying that they, they identified so deeply with the Lord Jesus Christ. Their values were, 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 were modeled out. His values were modeled out through their life and, and their direction. They were following the same path with their life that he was on. And so their identity and their values and their direction caused them to be changed. And they said, oh, you guys are Christ-like ones. You are Christians. Those who are like Christ. Because you're disciples and you're following everything that He taught. And you're keeping His command. And, and you love and give your lives for others. It also is someone, it means to know that we are free from every sin and ordinance of judgment that was against us. Through the atoning work of the cross and the blood that was shed. Thank God for communion this morning. Amen? That's what we're declaring. Through the body and through the blood, we're forgiven. So to be a Christian, a Christian knows that he's forgiven. We're not living under the condemnation of our past, but we're also not walking with the license to be stupid in our future. Amen. And so we're living righteously before God. It also means to have our heart, have in your heart the identity of a child of God adopted by your heavenly Father. And we still have it up on, on our wall. We've been talking about it. The God, God our Father. That's your identity. You're a child of God. A Christian is a child of God. Your identity. That's your Father. And, and then He has set His value over your life and He's marked His direction for you. It means to carry in your heart the values of His Word. Having everything in your life shaped and defined by His word. That's being a Christian. Are you with me? It also means which in turn causes you to walk in the direction for your life that has already been set in his eternal purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says that we're walking out the hope in the future that he has for you, arriving at the promised destination of your heavenly home. That's it. God sets it. So to be a Christian, if I'm going to stand to be a Christian today, it means that I know my identity as a child, that my values are set upon His Word, and that that has determined the direction that I take with my life. It can't be blended. And this is what is happening to, to, to our freedom. The moment I begin to blend it, I begin to lose my freedom. That's why Paul says, stand fast in the liberty you have. 
Stand fast in your liberty. Your, your liberty is not being contaminated. And, and, I, and I've done it in the past, and, and, and we think it's no such big deal. But this is what the devil knows. That's really good water. If I just spit back in there, now it's not so good, is it? Now really, I'm a very healthy guy. I'm super healthy. That is disgusting. But we would go, I would never drink anything that had a little bit of spit in it. Because the water has now been what? Compromised. The water has now been compromised. It's been contaminated. But somehow we don't mind a little bit of the spit of this world into the living water of our lives. And we just keep drinking worldly spit. Doing all right? Stand fast. And people say, well, well, it's really not that bad. Okay. How much more do I have to spit in here before it's really bad? Now, see, for me, it's my spit. <laughs> came from me. It's going back where it came from. Amen. It doesn't matter. But for you, you're going, oh, that is growth. How come the world's contamination in our life doesn't gross us out? How come when you've been made, you, you, just, you just declared that you are the righteousness of God, that you've been washed pure and made holy and spotless and blameless in His sight. And then to contaminate that with the world. And the world says, oh, you, you know what? And, and, and then these compromising doctrines begin to come in. That grace has covered you and, and, and grace covered you and you're just so covered by all this grace. No, the Bible says, pursue God. And pursue holiness and walk in there and stand fast in it and don't let compromise come in. Because if we don't, I begin to lose my liberty. And every time and we know it, just the same way that you're feeling a little irksome in your stomach right now because I'm drinking water with spit in it. You feel the same way in your spirit when you know you've compromised with the world. You get, you get a spiritual uneasiness in your, in your stomach, spiritually in your spirit. You feel an uneasiness because you know you're contaminating yourself. And then that takes away your confidence with God. And then when it comes time to pray and you're needing to draw on the power of God, you feel that the, the, devil, the devil is the master at accusing you and placing his guilt upon your life. And so he wants to reshape your identity. He wants to restructure your value because he wants to take you to hell with him. His goal is to put you on the direction that he has for your life. So what does this mean? This means that anyone, 2 Corinthians 5.17, that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. That new life begins with a new identity. And then with that new identity comes this whole new set of values. And with that new set of values comes a whole new set of direction. And we're going to see that same thing happen to our nation in the beginning. When we signed the Declaration of Independence, we gave ourselves as a nation a brand new identity. And we established the core values and we set the direction for the future of our nation.
So when you come to Christ, you have this new identity, you have new values, and you have new direction. This means that, that, that all that is set for your life. In, in what was powerful in Haiti when we were there is that I told you last week that the, the region we were in, the township we were in, was called Tintayan, and it means it is nothing. And Mission of Hope ha- has, its, it has a property there, and, and they're working out of there. But the slogan for Mission of Hope is, I can And so to the people who live in nothing, they're renewing their mind with the declaration, I can. Because they're told, you come from Tintayan, it is nothing. You will never be anything, you will never mount anything, you can never change. And the mission of hope plants itself in the middle. It is nothing, is doing this amazing work. And the thing they're declaring to the people is, you can. And the people are declaring, I can get out of this situation. I can get an education. I can get a better job. I can have a better home. I can make a difference. I can bless my nation and my people. Amen? Amen. And so they believe in that. And they're set on that direction. It also means that you will have to fight to preserve all three of these in the purity of their original intent. Listen to the New Testament. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. Christ has set us free. Make sure that you stay free. It's so important that we take that stand. And don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. What that means is Paul's writing to the Galatians because people were coming in and just altering things a little bit. They, they, they were Jewish believers, but they didn't want to give up these old things. They kept trying to infuse the old into the new and keeping the law and, and different works of justification. And it's not there. And so that brings us back into sin. Watch it. Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians uh, uh, so 3.8, it says, For now we live if you stand fast. In the Lord. Oh, what if that's what it means to be a Christian is knowing your identity, holding on to your values, and not giving up the direction that God has set for your life. But what does it mean to be an American? It means that you were either born here in the United States of America or that you came here through the door of legal immigration. To be an American, you have to be born here. Amen. Or you have to be born to someone who has legal citizenship. Or you have to come through the door of legal immigration. And so we're a nation of immigrants and we have a door of entrance. Are you with me? We have a door. It's called how to, how to immigrate. And there's a process you go through. John chapter 10 and verse 1. Just turn over there with me. John chapter 10 and verse 1. The principle is the same for the kingdom of God. People say, well, I'm a believer. Well, have you gone through the door? Well, no. Jesus said he's the door. There's only one entrance into the kingdom, and there's only one entrance into becoming an American. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Let me just use immigration as an example. So when we have people come in and they're illegal immigrants and we start giving them the benefits and you're told that you're bad because you're having a problem with people receiving benefits that belong to citizens and getting better benefits that even our veterans get 
who fought for the freedoms that we have, but if you have a prejudice, yeah, you're, you're, you're something wrong with you. Because what happened? Because gradually over time, the new tolerance has reshaped our identity. It's redefined our values. And now we have no idea what direction we're supposed to go in. And so here we are on the eve of the 240th birthday of our nation, and we are now a nation with no longer a clear direction of who we are because we've, we've violated our identity and we've compromised our values and we've lost our direction. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. And the only way to get that back is you're going to have to be people who are willing to stand for our liberty once again. So what does it mean? That we came in by the door. It means that you have every right. If we come in. You have every right and freedom afforded to you. Purchased for you. Through the sacrifices and blood shed by those who fought. To found this great nation. And so the same way that we have access to all the benefits that are ours. Through the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. As an American we have freedoms that were paid for. By the body and the blood of our patriots and our founder and that is nothing to be treated lightly and we need to stand fast in defense of that hallelujah so it means liberating that they founded to 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 fought to found this great nation liberating its people from the oppression of tyranny it means that if you're an american you have a new identity founded in freedom we are a free people i'm a little bit torqued off because of the gun laws that our, that our governor just signed in, in, into law. Which means, and in one of those gun laws, it means, that I think by 2018, that if you have any gun that has an ejectable clip, an ejectable clip, handgun or rifle, it doesn't matter, what, but, but, but if it has an ejectable clip, that to own that will make you a felon. And it's going to be illegal and you're going to have to turn it in. Either destroy it or turn it in. So I have two guns, I have four guns that have ejectable clips. Two rifles and two handguns. And so by 2018, if I don't destroy them or turn them in, I'm going to be violating the law. But wait a minute, it was legal when I bought them. But now they're declared illegal because Why? Because the identity of our nation is that when a criminal does wrong, you don't punish the criminal. You impose new laws and restrictions on those who are lawful. And you inflict penalty on the lawful and you allow the criminal to go free. Because we've lost our identity and we've allowed people to reshape our values and we don't get involved. And even in the church today, that's why the American church. I, I'm so torqued off when I hear people, well, I can't vote for Donald Trump. Well, then you're just stupid. Just go start giving money to Hillary. And doing everything else. Because there is no other option. If you're not engaged, you're for the opposition. If you're not in the fight, you're for the opposition. You've heard it said, the only thing it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. That's why Paul says, hey, stand fast in the liberty. Somebody's going to have to take a stand. It's going to mean you're going to have opposition. There's going to come people come up to you. Even when you're confronting true evil face to face. Like praying for a voodoo witch doctor doing incantation over innocent people and you're rebuking him and standing for truth some idiot's going to come up to you in innocent let me say it nicer in, in innocent ignorance that has been reshaped by the culture of his day is going to tell you to be nicer 
and to embrace evil. Are you with me? So what do we do? What do we do? We have an identity of freedom. It means that the values of this nation are worth giving your life for, guys. I'm I'm just saying today that we're on the eve of our independence. If we don't give our life and we're not willing to stand for our freedoms, they're, they're going to be taken away. They're literally going to be taken away. If we don't stand up, if we don't vote, if we don't get in. It's sad when less than 50% of the church even votes. It, 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 it's, it's a disgrace. And here's what I know, guys. It does, uh, that, 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 we can go, oh, we're Saul Rockface. We're, we're, we believe the Bible. Oh, the glory to God. We still have people who don't vote in our church. Because if that's the national average, the national average is going to be the local average. It's moving right along. It means also that the direction set by its founders cannot be allowed to be altered or we will cease to be America. Ronald Reagan said this. He says, if we ever cease to be one nation under God, we will cease to be a nation. If we ever cease to be a nation under God, we will cease to be a nation. Thomas Jefferson said, I'm I'm a true Christian. One of his quotes, personal statement. He said, I'm a true Christian. I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, keeping all of his commands. Amen. Our founders believed this stuff, stood for this stuff, put their lives on the line for this stuff. The signers of the Declaration said, we know that in signing it, we're, we're, we're pledging our lives, we're pledging our fortunes, we're pledging everything we are because we believe in this. We are standing for liberty. And you and I are living in the day when we are going to have to stand for liberty. Amen? I put all these quotes there in your Bible. Horace McFarland said this. It's the love of country that is lighted and keeps glowing the holy fire of patriotism. That's one thing I noticed in Haiti. You know what the Haitian people love? They love their country. They love Haiti. In, in its decay, in its rubble, in its poverty, they love their country. And they want to make it better. That's why I said last week, it was amazing. Every one of them, uh, every one of those guys, I, I want to go to school, I want to get a job, I, I want to work, I want to be an architect, I want to help build better buildings, safer buildings in our country. I, I, I want to help in, in relationships with people. I want to be in re- people relations and stuff. It's amazing what people, they want to be doctors, they want to be teachers, they want to be uh, uh, people of service in helping their country be better. They have that true spirit of loyalty. In that and patriotism. Elmer Davis said this. The nation will remain the land of the free. Only so long as it is the home of the brave. How many agree? We need some brave people today. That's a, and it's not just a nation. I'm sorry, you, you can't separate this from the church. Or our nation. Both are the same. The same core value. And that's why in 2013 when the Lord showed me that on identity, value, and direction from the Lord's Prayer. On what it means. Not on the Lord's Prayer. But out of... Uh, uh, 
Luke 15 and, and the parables that are there, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, on what it means to be lost is direction, values, and identity. And that's what God restores to us is our identity as his son, the value that he placed upon our life, and the direction that he has for our life. Joseph Addison said this, Let freedom never perish in your hands. Freedom that we have. See, if we lose our freedom as a nation, you'll lose your freedom of worship. It's just that simple. It's being done right now. It's done right now in our schools. You no longer, we no longer have baccalaureate services at our graduation on campus. Our kids are no longer to make any reference to God in their speeches. High school students and things. It, 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 it's rare. It, it, it's a fight right now. It's being done. Bit by bit, it's being taken away. And if we just let it happen. And, and so what happened is, is that people go, well, it'll not happen here, you know, but it hasn't affected me yet. But it is affecting you whether it has affected you yet or not. Whether you've experienced it personally, it's already affected us. Are you with me? So there's something that we have to do. And so Christianity has to rise up to play. It's more than just me coming and hearing about me and me being good and me being secure and me doing that. See, that's what's hurt us too is the culture of America today. It's just me and my life. I'm going to get mine. I'm going to have my house. I'm going to fence off my five acres. I'm going to vote for, for a building moratorium so my county doesn't grow. So it's a, let them build down. And, you know, we're just, we're just so selfish. But, and it gets to us. And so you have to fight to break out of that to stay free. Those are bondage. Things. You have to break out of that freedom and live bigger. Amen. This is what the Lord spoke to me this morning as I was finishing up. And, and I, re- I read this quote. Let freedom never perish in your hand. And this rose up in me. Hear me, young people. Freedom can only be lost by a generation who would not fight to keep what had been given to them. The Lord gave me that today. Freedom can only be lost by a generation who will not fight to keep what has been given to them. Hear it again. Freedom can only be lost by a generation who will not fight to keep what has been given to them. You want to see it happening today? Just look at the amount of people who are supporting Bernie Sanders. You know who the supporters are? They're all of our college-age students. It's the next generation. It's the millennial generation who refuses to fight for what was given to them. And it's been labeled capitalism. It's been labeled the 1%. It's been labeled injustice. And so the freedom of our nation will be joyfully handed over to a people who will take away what our founders fought to preserve. Freedom, hear it again, can only be lost by a generation who would not fight to keep what had been given to them. Our freedom to worship, religious freedom, what's going to happen? It's going to be given up by a people who won't fight to keep it. Fight to take a stand. Somebody got in your face, said, well, you're too this, you're too that. Well, glory to God. Amen? Look at the rest of this. Franklin Roosevelt said, In the truest sense, freedom cannot be bestowed. It must be achieved. For this generation, the one we're passing the baton to, we can pass it, but they're going to have to hold on to it and achieve it. Liberty is the breath of life to nations. And we see our liberties being stripped away. And here's what happens. 
in the name of freedom or protection or security or safety, they'll take away our liberty. Because it won't stop in one place. It, it never stops in one place. Are we doing all right? Hopefully, I'm not discouraging you. I'm stirring up your patriotism this morning. <laughs> Amen. William Faulkner said this. We must be free not because we claim freedom, but because we practice it. What a great statement. We have to be free not just because we say we're free, but because we practice freedom. We stand for freedom. Hear it. I'm going to have the worship team come back. See, men have known from the beginning that if you change the identity and values of people in a nation, you can take them both in any direction you want them to go. It's amazing that our sitting president said he ran on a platform of what? Hope and change. He said the change has begun, and from day one, he began to change. He did his world apology tour and said this, America is no longer a Christian nation. And then everything he's done is to, is, is to deteriorate the identity of who we are. Making us feel guilty through guilt and condemnation. That if you don't embrace the new identity, there's something wrong with you. And you're a bigot and you're judgmental and you're a hypocrite. And so people, instead of standing fast in the liberty, they're bowing down and they're losing their freedom. I'm not a bigot. I'm not a homophobe. I'm not a racist. I don't understand racism at all. I just don't. I love all people. Amen. Which is why when I'm in Haiti, and I told you last week, one of the greatest bonding things that I did was to hand my water bottle to the Haitian pastor and allow him to drink out of my bottle. Not being concerned about whether he had something that I might catch. Not being concerned about whether he was clean or unclean. But believing that God's grace and God's power is enough that I could drink, if he was, any deadly thing and it would not harm me. That I didn't have to be in fear, but I could walk in love. And so in handing him my water bottle, we built a bond. I wasn't afraid to drink after him and in Wilkins and anybody else, but so many times. But, but see, what's happening is, is, is we have all these fears of being contaminated, but we're continually drinking in the influence of the world, and we're being contaminated with compromise. So people have known that. Both the church and our nations are in this battle today to preserve the church has survived because there has always been a remnant of true believers who refuse to alter their identity, change their values, or be moved off the direction that God had set for their life. They were willing to lay down their lives as need be to protect and preserve their faith. Let me tell you, we're at a generation right now. We could stand on, there's things that are coming down the pipe right now that you can be in prison for. It wasn't too long ago in Texas, pastors in Houston were asked to send in their messages. Turn in your, your sermons and the transcript. We want to hear if you've spoken against homosexuality. And, 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 and they're required. And they said no. They stood up and they boycotted. The, but yet, the, see that comes. And, and unless somebody stands and says no, then the encroachment just comes. Because the devil does this. Stand up, son. Just stand right over there. The, the devil does this. Come here. The devil does this. 
he comes, and, and this is the way the, the Middle Eastern culture, I'm thinking, is that they push you, and if they can move you back, the minute they move you, they occupy that territory. And they push you back, and if you move back, then you occupy that territory. And unless you push back and refuse to give up ground, you do. No, you have to push back harder and refuse to give up your ground. Because, and then what happens, even though you push back harder, the devil is patient. And he'll wait just a little bit, and then he'll come back and try it again to see if you've changed. Have you softened your stance? Are you still standing fast in the liberty where Christ... And then he'll come back and he'll try to push again. And if he pushes, if you don't push back, he'll continually occupy. And so you're never going to be out of the fight. You're never going to be out of the battle. And so that's why Paul says, listen to what Paul said to Thessalonians. He says, we live. Paul said, I live if you stand. As your pastor, I live if you stand. Because you have an adversary who is pushing against you. And we have a nation that's being pushed again. And it's time that we stand. And we've just been willfully backing up and backing up. And the devil has been advancing. But it's time that we have to say, enough. And we're going to stand, we're going to vote, we'll be involved, we'll be a witness, we'll be a champion in our community, we'll make a difference, but we're going to stand. Our nation will survive only if there is a remnant willing to do the same, even when it means giving their lives if need be, to protect and preserve this treasure we have called freedom. Stand with me this morning. Today I'm just asking you this. Who has shaped your identity? Who has shaped your identity? Who have you allowed to set your values? Because whoever has shaped your identity and set your values, they're the ones who have set the direction for your life. And if that is different than the identity and the values that God has given you in Christ, then you need to take a stand today. You need to take a stand. So my question is to you today, are you a Christian? And if you are, do you need to take a stand? As they sing, I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads. I'm going to pray in just a moment. Let's just worship for a moment. I'm asking you to answer that question with honesty before God. Who's given your identity? Who's given you your values? See, I always watch every fad, every new cultural change, every new thing that comes in. We just flow with it, and we're in the world. We just keep adapting to it and keep adjusting. But somewhere you have to take a stand and let God give you your identity. And God set your values. And you keep your feet on the direction that He has set for your life. Come on, guys, just lead us. Let's just worship the Lord for a moment. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you, and then I'm going to pray. If there's anything you have to declare today, maybe taking a stand just in your heart. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. There must be more than this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Father, fill us anew.
Yes, God. Father, we renounce all compromise. Yes, God. We take a stand today. Yes. A passion for your name. Yes. Oh, Father, we stir up in our hearts, God, a passion for you, God. We choose to stand fast, Father, in our liberty that we have in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to stand. We're going to stand, God. We're going to stand in our liberty in Christ. We're going to stand for the freedom of our nation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Father, have your way in us. Have your way in us. Yes. Hallelujah. Stir it up, God. Stir it up, Father. Stir it up. Holy Spirit, stir it up in our lives, oh God. Yes, God. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, God. Yes, God, a passion, a passion that will stand, a passion that won't compromise, a passion that won't give in. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, stir it up in our hearts, Lord. Yes. Now, Father, I pray for your people. Lord, as Paul said, stand fast in the liberty in which Christ has made you free. Father, I pray for a courage, for a boldness, a confidence to come over them. And Father, even a holy and a righteous anger to be aroused on the inside. Something that will cause us to say, no more. It will go this far and no further. And Father, that we will rise up not only that, but we begin to take back ground. To be willing to push back in a greater way. Lord, no longer to be pushed, but to push back. To fight and to stand for truth and for liberty. We will not give up our identity. We will not compromise our values. And we will not be moved off the direction you've set for our lives. And Father, I pray your strength and your courage over your people. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Happy 4th of July. We love you. Be bold in the Lord. God bless you. We'll see you Tuesday night. Have a blessed, blessed afternoon. Be safe.